You know you've got a comeback in you. When you take the next step, you're going to make it count. For your career, for your family, for your life. You can earn a degree you're proud of with Purdue Global. Purdue Global is backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected and innovative public universities. This is your chance. This is your opportunity. This is your comeback. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Hey, guys, you know what this playground could use? A wine country, huh? A redwood forest would be cool. Ski slopes! Wait! Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com. Are you looking for the perfect move-in ready home this spring season? Now's the time to buy at Fisher Homes. For a limited time only, enjoy below market interest rates starting at 5.375% APR, 6.139% APR. With these exclusive lower rates, you can save hundreds on a move-in ready home and start enjoying the benefits of home ownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with one of our new home specialists at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Financing provided by Victory Mortgage, LLC, NMLS 461249, Equal Housing Lender. I'm Alec Baldwin, and you're listening to Here's the Thing from iHeartRadio. Professional sports have a way of turning mere mortals into legends. As a football-obsessed kid myself in the 1970s, there were few players more exciting to watch than Dallas Cowboys quarterback Roger Staubach. He was nimble, strong, and man could he throw a football. Staubach earned the nickname Captain America in part because of his four years of service in the Navy, including a tour in Vietnam. He won a Heisman Trophy while at the Naval Academy. He was inducted into the Football Hall of Fame in 1985, and he was awarded the Presidential Medal of Freedom in 2018. Roger Staubach played 11 seasons with the Cowboys, leading them to the Super Bowl four times. They won under Staubach in 72 and 78, and Roger was named Super Bowl MVP in 1972. Staubach's Cowboys had nearly two dozen comeback wins in the fourth quarter, many of them in the final two minutes of a game or in overtime. When he retired in 1980, Roger Staubach had one of the highest career passer ratings in NFL history. After he left pro ball, he built the Staubach Company one of the most successful corporate real estate companies in the country. Competition comes naturally to Roger Staubach. Well, you know, the competitive side, looking back, uh, people have said a lot about, you know, that, that knew me when I was growing up and everything. And I was an only child, lived in Cincinnati, Ohio, and my parents were, were great and they, you know, really... Uh, I kept saying, you know, <laughs> I like to have a brother or a sister because all of our neighbors had like the Bean family down the street. There was nine Beans and <laughs> and everybody, uh, there were brothers and sisters. So I uh, wanted to be an athlete and I started playing basketball. I started playing baseball and football. I didn't get started until I was in the seventh grade. And I really wanted to do it to, to have my parents proud of me. And so it was... Uh, uh, so I, I really was competitive on trying to d- be the best that I could be at what I was going to do. And, you know, I've, there's an old saying, there's no traffic jams on the extra mile. And I, I always feel that I've given that extra in sports that it started that way. And it started because of my parents and I, I wanted them to be proud of me. And so I was a pretty decent baseball player and basketball player. 
And then in the seventh grade, I went out and made the football team. I was a running back, and then I was a receiver. And and then the coach at, in our high school switched me to be quarterback and changed my life. I didn't really want to be a quarterback. But my dad told me as a baseball player one time, the, the catcher got hurt, and they were going to put me then at catcher. And I said, I don't know, put that equipment on. It's you know too hot out here. And he just said... Just try to be the best catcher you can be. And so so I caught for about nine years after that. And, and I had the same thing when, when Coach McCarthy uh, wanted me to be the quarterback. I said, you know, I'm going to try to be the best quarterback I can be. because I, and, and it really changed my life because I don't think I'd be here on the show, Alec, if, if I hadn't started to play quarterback. So, so I was very competitive, and a lot of that was because I wanted my parents to be, really be proud of me as far as what I did in sports. Now, was it also a case, because I know that, that in my childhood, I'm the opposite. I got three brothers, and we would be, there was a nine-hole public golf course, very famous little spot in our, in our neighborhood, but there were little seams along the fairway where the lay of the, of the hole would leave a little margin of land off to the side, and they had a tree line that would keep the balls from <laughs> yeah. going into people's houses and going through their windows, you know, and over the fence. And in this spit of land, that was our Dallas Stadium. That was our uh, Meadowlands. Yeah. That was where we played football. And my mother would scream at us. She'd scream, because if she, if she stuck her head out the door of our house, we were right across the street. She'd yell for us to come home, because we would play football till it was dark. But it was me and my brothers and like the Beans, we had other neighbors who had a lot of kids and we'd all get together and play touch, uh, pick up football. We were football junkies, you know what I mean? Was it also for you a thing where this is where you could hang out with other guys, this is where you could have brothers, this is where you could have the kids in your life more regularly that you didn't have at home? Oh, sure. It was uh, when I went to St. John's grade school, sports were uh, a way for us to to be together as uh and, and even on the playground, you know, I, I, we, we would play tackle the man with the ball. And I, I was always uh, <laughs> hard. I really was hard to tackle sometimes with the ball. So uh, I went to St. John Advantage. So it was a grade school. It was a Catholic Cincinnati. grade school. I had a nun. In the third grade, I learned right away, I better get with it. Sister Aloysius got me up against the wall and had me hold my hands out. And I had to hold something in my hands. And she was tough, but she really made a difference in my life and taught me that I better get with it. I better make sure I do my homework. And and so it really helped to have people that uh, made a difference in your life. And she was making sure that I was doing what I was supposed to do. And my mom and dad were both working, and uh, I had a really strong influence with uh, the, the nuns at uh, St. John's Evangelist, and especially Sister Aloysius. I, I still can see her. I can still <laughs> See her when she's here. pushing me against Wait, the wall and saying, Roger, Roger, you you better you better shape you better up. do this or you're going to stand uh, holding uh, your hands out in this wall all day. Oh, and, and and anyway, that that those were the good things that helped helped me a whole lot. And, and it carried over into sports because I, I was going to try to do the best that I could possibly do in sports. And we had our grade school teams. I I, I think we, we really cared about each other and I, I learned a lot about teamwork. So it, it was really kind of growing up and trying to do the best that I, I could do based on what people were telling me and, and, uh, and also making my parents proud of me. So I, I stayed with it. And when I was switched to quarterback in football, my life changed. I, um, I, I did okay at quarterback. Well, <laughs> yeah. yeah. You did okay at quarterback. Just okay, by the way. Yeah. I don't want yeah. you to get too big a head. 
Well, we, yeah, well, we lost a Super Bowl too. You well, know? I, we, we, we don't we want us we don't remember that. I've been very humbled in in my life in sports too. Yeah. So if you're playing a different position, if you're a running back, throwing is such an art. It's such an art. And when my arm wasn't so messed up, my shoulder, I used to love to throw a football. I used to carry a football in my car in Los Angeles. And when my brother Stephen was with me, if we were in a traffic jam on the Ventura Freeway, we'd get out of the car and throw the football in the highway, just out of boredom because there'd be like, you know, some pile up somewhere. Throwing a football was something that I was obsessed with most of my uh, youth. So when you're a running back, what was, you weren't a pitcher in baseball, what was throwing for you? Had you been throwing before the gave you the nod to be a quarterback? You know, we, we haven't rehearsed anything before, before we're talking here. And, well, you're, Alec, you're right on. The change in my life when I, they switched me to quarterback is because Coach McCarthy and Coach Sinchek saw that I was a really good baseball player. I could throw the baseball. And, and he just said, he said, Roger, sometimes it seems like the, the, the players listen to you but we uh, we know you got a good arm, and we want you to play quarterback. And so it was my senior year in high school when I when I really first played quarterback. My junior year, I played I was all defense, and but it was because of my arm. Uh, he saw it me playing baseball, and he's the one that uh, <laughs> talked me into playing yeah. quarterback. And he didn't talk me into it. He said, "Hey, you're you're, you're the gonna, quarterback. <laughs> you're you're going to work at quarterback." Yeah. <laughs> For you, I'll never forget, Montana came to the set of a TV show I was working on, 30 Rock with Tina Fey for years, and Montana came on the show, and they brought him to my room to meet me. And I said to him, I go, my God, what did you do to train your arm? Was it, was it weights? What was your thing? And, and if, I think he was being serious. I don't think he was messing with me. He said he got a length of medical tubing, like some kind of flexible rubbery tubing, mm -hmm. and had that fastened with a handle with a grip of some kind into a doorway. And he would stand in a doorway and just rotate his arm in that throwing motion back and forth to condition. But he'd do like a thousand reps of that just to strengthen literally the throwing motion. What was back then your physical conditioning like during the season? Were you weightlifting? Were you, what, was, what did you do to strengthen your arm? Well, back in those days, it really wasn't in vogue as far as uh, weightlifting. It, it, sports where you just went out and played. We had baseball practice all the time. We had basketball practice, and and of course we had football practice. So it was really at the practices. And in the uh, what what I had with was I I did have a baseball arm, and I kind of when I threw I I had a little you know motion. Whereas a quarterback, you want to get rid of the ball, you get keep it up by the ear and. I, I didn't really achieve that as as well as I should, but I had a good throwing motion, uh, and I had I had a good velocity on the ball that made up for maybe that little hitch I had throwing the ball. Right. But I, uh, you know, learned to throw on a bit on my own, and uh, and coaches did work with me on trying to keep the ball up a little bit, you know, instead of dropping it. But that was from baseball. But it still comes down to the, whatever you do and how you throw. You got to believe in yourself, and uh, and there's some you know quarterbacks that are great passers that don't actually uh, you know throw the way they're supposed to. And I was in kind of in the middle of uh, not exactly throwing the way I should as a quarterback. I threw more as a baseball player, but it it it, it worked, and I uh, I I really started to to really fall in love of, uh, with being a quarterback. I, it, all of a sudden, I, I really liked being a quarterback. Now, when you were uh, 
people I've spoken to uh, in in the modern era, they would say uh, that throwing a ball was as much engaging their core and exercising their strengthening their core and their legs. They'd strengthen their legs. Well, I'll never forget one guy said that my favorite line, he said, you can't shoot a cannon out of a canoe. <laughs> yeah. He said, you got to strengthen your legs, and get yeah. your, your legs all nice and strong and get a good base below you and a good foundation below you and your core. And he goes, and you, and you just launch that thing. He says, he said, I'll never forget this guy said to me, he goes, I close my eyes and you stand 20 yards away from me and I'll throw the ball to you. I'll throw a few to get the whole timing and I'll sense where you are because then I'll close my eyes and I'll be able to tell you whether the pass was good or not by the way it felt coming out of my hand. He said, I can tell, I could feel yeah. the way my body torqued and the way my arm would come, the way I could throw. You, you know, to say all that, Alec, the, the thing that I did, I, I worked out all the time and I was careful on throwing. He didn't want to over, overdo it. And, you know, I, I warmed up and I tried to, you know, make sure my arm was ready. I worked out. I was crazy about working out and I used to go out with it. But if there was just one other receiver, I would still act like I was taking a snap and, and dropping back. I just didn't, just didn't stand there to throw the ball. I really, uh, you, you, no matter what you, what you have to do in life, you got to work hard to get there. Yeah. Now, Everybody who's an NFL fan knows every detail of your story. And when it came time for you to go into the Naval Academy, you must have known, of course, that you owe them the service at the end, correct? You knew that was coming. Yes. So when you go to the Naval Academy and you win the, the title and you, you the, the, the big game and you get the Heisman Trophy and the NFL comes calling, was that all a big surprise to you? Well, going to the Naval Academy, I, I wasn't sure what, you know, I, I did have some scholarship offers after high school, but I, I really played the, just that one year was my first year at, at quarterback. And we didn't throw a whole lot. We, I actually ran more. Um, and so I, I wanted to get you know, more experience and I wasn't sure what I wanted to do, but I liked the Naval Academy. I visited there and then they told me, they said, hey, Roger, you know, we, we'd like for you to go to junior college one year. And one of the best things I ever did, I went to Roswell, New Mexico, and I went to New Mexico Military Institute. I, I shot a film at NIMI. Which is a really fine school, and yeah. it's, it's a military. It gave me the uh, at least the, <laughs> the warning about uh, the things I had to do in the military when I became a plebe at the Naval Academy. But it also, I played another year at quarterback, and we really had a good football team. We were a junior college team. We had a coach named Robert Shaw, who was a former NFL player, and he and he really helped me a lot at my quarterback position, and and I got better instead of leveling off or something. I I, I got better there, and I had a real good uh, junior college period. And I, I decided I definitely wanted to go to the Naval Academy, and I wasn't looking at someday I was going to play pro football. I was I wanted to get an education, and also be able to play sports. And I figured that someone better better stay on me to make sure I got. The education, and I was, you know, fortunate to be able to get a chance to go there and, and play football. And I actually played baseball there for all four years at Navy. I played baseball and and football, and obviously, I, I got a great education, and I got to learn a lot about the military. And I spent four years in the military before I joined the, the Dallas Cowboys. Now, what year do you enter Annapolis? You go to the Naval Academy. What year? I went in '61. So when I graduated in high school in 60, I, I went from high school to uh, the, the New Mexico Military Institute. Then I went to the Naval Academy in, in 1961. 
So when you're there in 61, the Vietnam War is not what it was about to become. When you go into the Naval Academy, you go in one end and you come out that tunnel on the other end and Vietnam becomes a very, very real thing. Mm. And so when you go in, I guess it's 65, I'm assuming, you start your service. But when you come out of the Naval Academy and you're a star collegiate athlete, where you sit there kind of going, oh, God, you know, like I got to go to Vietnam now for four years. Was it, were you, were you less than smiling about that? You know, I went to Vietnam just for one year. Right. Uh, Where'd you go after that? I went to the Pensacola Naval Air Station. Right. I was a logistics officer, a supply officer. I was partially colorblind and that limited me. I, I was not able to go Navy line or be a, be a pilot, but I was very fortunate. I, I became a Navy logistics officer and when I went to Vietnam, I wasn't out there getting shot at. Yeah. I was in in the Da Nang and Chu Lai, and we we at that time the Marines occupied the I Corps area, South Vietnam. In those early years there, we supported the Marines and took care of the Marines. And I, in fact, I lived at Camp Tinshaw, and I had a couple of my teammates. They were Navy SEALs. The SEALs were pretty new at that time. We we were living together in Camp Tinshaw, at, right near the Da Nang. And so I asked them, the, the, they, they were coming back one day, and I said, where have you guys been? What, what are you doing? And said, hey, listen, Staubach, uh, you were our quarterback, and we listened to you. You were our leader. But uh, we cannot tell you where we've been, but we know we're doing a hell of a lot more than you're doing right now. <laughs> <laughs> and, so, and so I I said, well, yeah, thanks, guys. I said, I'm done. Quite a bit, but I, I, I admit I, I, I wasn't out there right smack in the middle of everything. But I, I wanted to serve that year in Vietnam because we were at war there. And, and, you know, the troops that were there and being able to serve them and being with them meant a lot to me in, in the four years I had in the service. Now, you go to Da Nang, you're there for a year, you come back to Pensacola, you said, correct? Pensacola. Uh-huh. You're in Pensacola. Yeah. And then... Your military service is over. You're four years out of your uh, term in the academy. So I'm guessing you're, what, 26 years old, 27? How old were you at that point? I was 26 when I joined the Cowboys, yeah. All right, so in the seam in between, you finish your military service and you're going to go join the Cowboys. Who tells you that the NFL wants you to come back and start again? After my junior year at Navy... I was drafted, uh, it, which was a kind of a surprise, by Dallas and Kansas City. The, the league hadn't merged yet. And, it, you know, I was drafted late. You know, they were just betting on the fact that, that I might try to play again or something. But they both drafted me. And then when I graduated, my wife and I, we got, we got married then. And, and I was stationed at the Naval Academy for a few months. And I got a call from Lamar Hunt, who said, Roger, I'd like to come up and talk to you. And, and I said, oh, yes, Mr. Hunter. He said, yeah. I said, if you if you ever decide you want to play football someday, we want you to play for the Kansas City Chiefs. And and because I was drafted by Dallas, I guess there was you know there was that 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 issue. And so he he came uh, and what what a nice person he was. You know, at the time I was getting like four hundred and twenty dollars a month as an ensign, and and uh, he offered me a five hundred a month, a ten thousand dollar check. Uh, $100,000 bonus if I left after my four years and played for Kansas City. So he was looking to the future. And so I told a Navy captain who was a legal officer, Navy Captain Paul Borden, 
And I said, Captain Bourne, can I do this? Am I, you know, if I sign this? And he said, well, let me look into it. He came back. He said, Roger, you, you, you have to give your four years and you can do whatever you want after the, those four years. And nothing wrong with, you know, taking the money now. If they want to give it to you, you don't have to, you don't have to leave this, the service. And he said, but did you, have you talked to Dallas? And, he, and I said, no. And he, he said, well, let me call him. So he called uh, Gil Brandt. Or he got a hold of Gil. It was Gil Brandt he talked to. Now, who is Gil Brandt? For our listeners that don't know, Lamar Hunt was the owner of the Chiefs. Who owned the Cowboys yeah. then? Clint Murkison. And uh, Gil Brandt was his right hand. Gil's was really uh, <laughs> Mr. Football. That, and he was in charge of all the uh, drafting and everything. And so he said, yeah, we'd, we'd love to, uh, we'd, we'd like to talk to you. So Captain Borden went and met with the Cowboys and they offered to say, said they'd do the same thing. So I agreed then if I ever played again, I'd play for Dallas. And then I called Mr. Hunt back and you know told him, and he said, well, Roger, uh, we were just beginning. I, I wanted to talk to you more. And I, I said, well, <laughs> I think he was kidding when he said that. He just said, because it wasn't any big, it, it really wasn't that big of a deal. I had four years to go. I wasn't sure I, I was going to ever play again. When I got back and I was stationed at Pensacola, I, I, I took leave and went to Dallas training camp the year before I was able to, if I was going to leave the service, it had been my fourth year. I was with the rookies and people there for two weeks. I really did fine. Coach Landry gave me a playbook, which was amazing. So that's when I realized I was going to play again. And, I, and then I told the Navy that after my four years, I was going to go play with the Dallas Cowboys. I went back to Pensacola for a year and I studied my playbook when I could. Right. And I joined the Cowboys in 1965. Uh, did you contemplate staying in the service? Oh, I did. I enjoyed the service, and I, I felt a little guilty of, but I, but I, I served the time I was responsible for my four years. I, I felt I was a lucky person to get to get that. And at 27, I was still was able to play 11 years in the NFL. NFL Hall of Famer Roger Staubach. If you're fascinated by what it takes to be a world-renowned athlete, check out my conversation with tennis legend John McEnroe. It turned out that I wanted it a lot more than I realized, or I was able to do more than I thought I was capable of in terms of digging deeper and, and emotionally sort of accepting the challenges step by step. It took me a long time. You know, part of the reason I acted the way I did, let's be honest, is like that fear of failure guys don't cry type of thing. And right. if you show that, that's a sign of weakness. So it was sort of to protect myself. So they'd be like, what is this guy's crazy? Hear more of my conversation with John McEnroe at heresthething.org. More with Dallas Cowboys quarterback, Roger Staubach, after this. Mom met a lot of your demands over the years. This Mother's Day, get her the Bartesian cocktail maker that makes premium cocktails on demand. In just 30 seconds, have your choice of over 60 premium or seasonal cocktails, all at the touch of a button. Get $50 off on the Bartesian cocktail maker now when you buy one pack of cocktail capsules. So, for all the times you made a mess, get Mom the countertop cocktail system that makes premium cocktails without making any mess at all. For all the times you begged for soda, get her premium cocktail capsules made with real fruit juice and craft bitters. For all the times you demanded tacos for dinner, 
get her the Bartesian that mixes margaritas in just 30 seconds. Make mom's Mother's Day and all the 364 days that aren't Mother's Day with a Bartesian cocktail maker at $50 off. Visit B-A-R-T-E-S-I-A-N.com backslash mother now to get $50 off the Bartesian premium cocktail maker. Bartesian, premium cocktails on demand. This is it, your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Are you tired of your scented cleaning products smelling and cleaning like meh? Then it's time for an upgrade with the power of Clorox Sentiva. With an uplifting scent that smells like coconut, Clorox Sentiva gives you powerful clean like Clorox, but a feeling like <sighs> being transported to a tropical island retreat. Imagine putting your phone on Do Not Disturb, tuning out all the constant... Just the feeling of warm sand in between your toes and a fruity drink in your hand. The ones with the little umbrella. Refresh your home to feel like an all-inclusive vacation by getting Clorox Sentiva. Also available in grapefruit and lavender scents at a nearby retail store. I'm Alec Baldwin, and you're listening to Here's the Thing. Dallas Cowboys quarterback Roger Staubach retired in 1980. The NFL and its players have changed a lot since then. But Roger Staubach says if he were starting now, he'd still have it. Oh, no, no, no. I definitely feel I could play uh, today. I mean, if I was... If you're starting now. Yeah. yeah. I, I would really enjoy the NFL. They really have gone to trying to make sure that there's more passing Back in our era, the the uh, the blitzes and the things that they did, we ran the ball more. We yeah. didn't we didn't throw it as yeah. much, and you could hit receivers. If the ball wasn't in the air, you could hit them, you know, knock them around. And so they made the, the rules change that that improved the passing game. Uh, the players are bigger than and faster, but the position like quarterback. I mean, in my era, I can th- I was throwing the ball as hard as these guys are today. Right. And I was a runner too. Yep. You know, I, I didn't have crazy speed or anything, but I, but I knew how to run. And so I, I, I think I, I could have fit in fine with today's rules. Yeah. But I, but I guess in some sense that never goes away, does it? Like someone said to me, yeah. I mean, and I was not a, 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 a great football player. You know what I mean? Like I was a wide receiver. I was a skinny kid. Yeah. And, and, and as the guys that I played high school football with, and they were the stars of my football team. They were the gods of my high school. Steve Ferenza, who was the quarterback of our football team, who won two championships in a row. He beat our crosstown rival, which was, I'm from Massapequa, Long Island, and they had two high schools. My father taught at one and 
was a football coach of the freshman football program. My dad played football at SU. He was like a third-string fullback at SU. He played at Boys High in Brooklyn. He was a running back. And my dad was a big football person. And my point is, is that I go to, to dinner with these guys, and they said to me, you know, you didn't have a chance. When you st- stepped on the field to play football as a freshman in ninth grade, we'd all already played 100 games of peewee football. <laughs> we'd already yeah. played 100 games before you f- put the pads on to play your first game. And I went out there, and I played football, and these guys hit each other like they were grown men. Mm-hmm. The brutality and the and the and I don't want to say viciousness, but the but the the commitment. These guys would go flying through the air and stick their forehead in the other guy's sternum and knock him on the ground. The tackling and the hitting. Forget about the running and the grace and the athleticism and the throwing and catching and so forth and the timing. The the toughness, the physical toughness of this guy, these guys, was just absolutely mesmerizing to me. However. I don't start. I don't play high school football well. I'm, I'm, I'm not good enough to play to start with these guys. But my point is, I still can't watch an NFL game where my leg starts to twitch and my toe starts to tap. Yeah. And I turn to somebody and I go, let's go outside the street and go throw the football. Like you, make, you, you, you never lose the desire to play. Am I right? Yeah, that's correct. And I, I still, uh, <laughs> my right arm is still in pretty decent shape. So I can't throw the ball as far as I used to, but I can still throw decently. So people are in, you know, when you're 79 years old and you, you, I, I still throw with our, you know, our kids yeah. and grandkids. Now you play in the NFL and obviously everything is in the records. You win two Super Bowls. And my friends who have won Oscars, uh, the first thing they say uh, when they go home and they process the euphoria of winning an Academy Award, this pinnacle in your career, supposedly, they lay their head down on the pillow and the, and the thing that they're thinking as they're going to sleep that night is, I got to get my hands on a second Oscar because a lot of people have an Oscar, but not many people have mm-hmm. two Oscars. I, I want to be in the, the two Oscar club, the double club. Now, the same is true for you. When you won the Super Bowl, was it sweeter for you and more gratifying when you won the second time? Well, I think the first time was... Uh... It was, you know, Coach Landry was, uh, and I, I was still in, in the service when they were, you know, they lost those tough ones to Green Bay. And Don Meredith was really a fine quarterback. And uh, in fact, he he retired when, when I joined the Cowboys or else I, I wouldn't have, I don't know what would have happened if, if uh, Don Meredith would have stayed there with the Cowboys. Because mm-hmm. I played behind Craig Morton then for, for a while. You know, you know, looking back on, there were some really tough losses that the, that the Cowboys had, and so I, I think the first Super Bowl win because we were, you know, Coach Landry was was criticized. He, he couldn't win the big game, and the Cowboys couldn't win the big game. Win, winning that game, it really made a difference in, in Cowboy history more than the second uh, time we won the Super Bowl. It, that that was great. To, to we almost had a different team then too. We had some just great players that won the first one, and we uh, we we added some uh, a lot of guys retired, and we added some other players when we won the second one against Denver. And we had in between we had the Steelers twice. Steelers were really good in the seventies. We lost twenty one to seventeen and thirty five to thirty one, and uh, those were uh, almost as bad as losing the Army Navy game. Steel know? curtain. So, Steel curtain. Yeah. So we we were a winning team the whole the eleven years we we were in the playoffs every year but one and uh, so we were in five Super Bowls and the first one I was on the bench but you know we were in I I did play during the season at times but the other 
two that we won were big deals. I mean, Coach Landry's greatness really showed in uh, how he built a team from scratch to to winning a couple of Super Bowls. So it would have been nice if we won a few more, but uh, you know, winning two wasn't all that bad. Roger the Dodger Staubach. If you're enjoying this conversation, be sure to follow Here's the Thing on the iHeartRadio app, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. When we come back, Roger Staubach talks about life after the NFL. Mom met a lot of your demands over the years. This Mother's Day, get her the Bartesian cocktail maker that makes premium cocktails on demand. In just 30 seconds, have your choice of over 60 premium or seasonal cocktails, all at the touch of a button. Get $50 off on the Bartesian cocktail maker now when you buy one pack of cocktail capsules. So, for all the times you made a mess, get mom the countertop cocktail system that makes premium cocktails without making any mess at all. For all the times you begged for soda, get her premium cocktail capsules made with real fruit juice and craft bitters. For all the times you demanded tacos for dinner, get her the Bartesian that mixes margaritas in just 30 seconds. Make mom's Mother's Day and all the 364 days that aren't Mother's Day with a Bartesian cocktail maker at $50 off. Visit B-A-R-T-E-S-I-A-N.com backslash mother now to get $50 off the Bartesian premium cocktail maker. Bartesian, premium cocktails on demand. This is it, your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Are you tired of your scented cleaning products smelling and cleaning like meh? Then it's time for an upgrade with the power of Clorox Sentiva. With an uplifting scent that smells like coconut, Clorox Sentiva gives you powerful clean like Clorox, but a feeling like <sighs> being transported to a tropical island retreat. Imagine putting your phone on Do Not Disturb, tuning out all the constant, just the feeling of warm sand in between your toes and a fruity drink in your hand. The ones with the little umbrella. Refresh your home to feel like an all-inclusive vacation by getting Clorox Sentiva. Also available in grapefruit and lavender scents at a nearby retail store. I'm Alec Baldwin, and you're listening to Here's the Thing. In 1971, the Dallas Cowboys had a quarterback controversy with its two starters, Craig Morton and Roger Staubach. Longtime Cowboys coach Tom Landry went so far as to have Morton and Staubach alternate plays. I asked Staubach if this was common back then. 
No, it wasn't. And, and I, you know, quarterbacks have a responsibility of not only physically about throwing and all what they have to do, but they're leaders. And uh, so our team was a bit divided. You know, Craig was a real fine quarterback. and Very tall quarterback. Uh, we actually played each other in college. And so he was on the Cowboys for four years. And when Don Meredith retired, Craig took over. And so really, it, it just came down to making a decision that, you know, the quarterback is not just going in and out, throwing the football. They're leaders. And so the team was a bit divided. We had really a good team, that 71 team. If he would have said, okay, Craig's going to be the starting quarterback, we still would have been successful. It's just that one thing, I love Coach Landry. So <laughs> that was a bit confusing uh, to Craig and I when he made that decision to we actually alternated uh, plays. It wasn't just the, the game itself. And that was not a, uh, I don't think that was a great decision by Coach Landry. But in the, uh, in the television program, Football Life, the one about you, Landry asked Morton to come to his house. And then in a pretty clipped way, in a pretty kind of direct and cut to the chase mm-hmm. way, says, we're going with Roger. <laughs> he says, you know, yeah. thank you. And yeah. basically, Craig drives away. He wants to say it to a man-to-man, face-to-face. I mean, was Morton just, do you think he was just stupefied? Or do you think he knew it was coming? Well, first of all, Craig Morton is a classy guy. Yeah. He, I'm sure it hurt him. He did not, uh, he supported me the whole time and, the next year I got hurt, I separated my shoulder, and he took over, and we really had a good year. We went to the playoffs. So Craig was, uh, I, I think we had a mutual respect for each other. He sure he sure supported me when Coach Landry made that, that tough decision that allowed me to play uh, the starting quarterback. So, I, you know, Craig was, uh, I can't say enough nice things about Craig. Well, I'm assuming, though, that, and you, you educate me about this, that, that you come in and it's kind of the advent of the more mobile quarterback. You were more mobile than Morton, correct? Yeah, I, I, I would say, yeah, I was, you know, I, I mean, I ran a lot. Yeah, so you ran a lot. Craig was not a runner. Yeah. And I, you know, that, that probably helped, but uh, it, it still was a passing game. I, I think Coach just said, we can't have two quarterbacks. It, 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 it's dividing the team. I, I think half the team was behind me and probably half the team was behind sure. Craig. You want the whole team behind somebody. One leader, yeah, one leader. Now, what do you think it was that made Landry a great coach? Give me a couple of things about him, his qualities that made him so great. Well, the, the coach was really creative. And he uh, when he, he was with the Giants as a player, and he uh, I think he was a defensive coach there. Back then, the, you know, he had... The, great teams like the Green Bay Packers and others, they they would have a, a three-man backfield. Maybe one person would, would line up on in a tight situation. But most of it was three people backfield. And when he took over for the Cowboys, he, he really was creative. And what he said, I, I need to put together an offense that really messes up the defense. And that's when we uh, put in the slot formations and and the people in motion. And in 1975, we put in the shotgun formation that we used on third down and down by the goal line. Everybody thought we were crazy. Now, I, I love that shotgun. Uh, and I, but it helped me because I, if I did run, I could at least see, you know, uh, instead of dropping back and if I had the ball, I could. So, so Coach Landry uh, was really creative as far as uh, what he did. And he still was in charge of the offense and the defense. And I think his creativity uh, was un- unsurpassed in the NFL. I think a lot of teams end up copying some of the things that the, the Coach Landry initiated. He was a, a very, 
very smart, great coach. And he was also a, a really a fine human being. You know, some, sometimes uh, he and I had a few disagreements now and then, but he always won them. <laughs> so. Well, what's funny is, I mean, I would imagine some of your success is due to a good coach. Like if a guy comes up, it's a combination of your physical gifts. It's a combination of your oh, work yeah. ethic. It's a combination of your teammates. But then on top of that, there's a there's another layer, which is coaching. If you, it, it really helps. It's hard to go all the way. It's hard to win the big game. It's hard to have a great season if you don't have a good coach. Is that true? That's correct, yeah. And just like my senior year in high school, the coach changed my life when he when he uh, put me in a quarterback. And uh, we were a winning team, and uh, can't, you know, our coaches had, had a lot to do with it. And, uh, and we had some great players that uh, – both on offense and the defense, it was it was the, the seventies were a good time for the Cowboys. Yeah, uh, yeah sure were. Except when we were playing the Steelers. <laughs> I grew up where it was like the game was coaching. Like you'd see Stram on the sideline, you go, God, I I love this guy. The kind of anomaly, like Tarkenton, who was a little guy running around. You ran around and you ran effectively. I mean, being a football junkie, I'm always playing these games. Staubach versus Tarkenton, two great scramblers. Now, if Staubach runs effectively and Tarkenton ran out of desperation, he was desperate not to get smashed because he was so small, you know. But any player, you know, the Dolphins and, and Marino, who never got a ring and I worshipped him, and Kick and Zonka, these teams of, of guys, and Mercury Morris. I mean, teams that just get the wind under their wings and they just take off and have a great season, you know what I mean? But what I want to ask you is, who's a quarterback, uh, among many, I'm sure, but who's a quarterback that you always admired their throwing motion? Who's somebody you thought, God, look at that guy throw that ball? Well, I don't have anyone on like throwing motion, but in today's quarterback world, uh, we can, we cannot deny what Tom Brady's been yeah, doing. Yeah. I mean, uh, not it's only uh, was successful with the Patriots, but in one year he goes to Tampa Bay <laughs> and takes him to the Super Bowl and wins the Super Bowl. Yeah. So. I can't argue with anybody that says Brady's it's inconceivable. Actually, yeah. <laughs> what he's done for we quarterbacks, uh, he's he's something special. Well, for for us who are New York fans, who always have, even if it's a kind of a, a measured and more subtle, uh, uh, you know, feeling toward Boston and toward New England, I've always been kind of gritting my teeth about the Patriots. And when he was there, for New Yorkers, we always say to ourselves that Brady ran into the devil in the men's room at an airport somewhere, and some transaction was made in that men's room. I, I don't. I agree with you. I, and I, I'm a fan of Bill Belichick's, and uh, his da his dad coached at Navy. And I remember Bill when he was he he was just a kid. I was used to be out there throwing the football. Sometimes uh -huh. I think he 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 was at practice after school, and and so I uh, of course followed him and followed Brady through. Uh, uh, I'm you know I'm a. The Cowboys are my my favorite team. That goes <laughs> By the way, I just wanted to throw that in there, but <laughs> but but I've 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 I was uh, I've been a fan of Bill Belichick's also, and and so I don't know what happened there. Some deal was made with the devil. Got to be. Now let me ask you this: Married to the same woman for fifty years, five kids, Super Bowl champion, uh, Heisman Trophy winner. I mean, you are probably one of the two or three most heroicized football players, if not athletes in history. And here you are, this um, amazing person who I'm told you went into the real estate business initially because you wanted to make some money. You weren't getting paid all that much money in the football game. And the, is that correct? You started in real estate as a side job. 
Well, I, I did, yes. Uh, but I it was just strictly in the off-season, and that's how I got started. And then I, when I retired, I started my own company. And, yeah, I got involved with real estate. And uh, part of it was the fact is that we had three children born in the Navy, and we added two more on Texas soil. So we had a family of five. And my first year's salary with the Cowboys was $25,000, which back then it was it was okay. But uh, I, I I did work in the off-season for uh, for the Henry Miller Company. You're right. And that, uh, but I understand that yeah, since that, then, that, the real estate game has gone quite well for you, correct? Yes. It, uh, <laughs> we, uh, yeah, but it was, it was over, you know, 30, 40 years. We, uh, we sold our company to, the Staubach company was sold to Jones Lang LaSalle, which is JLL. But you built a good company. Uh, we did, yeah, and 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 the Staubach people that are they're working at, at JLL have done great there, and it's uh, so I spent ten years with when we sold the company, and uh, so I've been involved in real estate a long, long time, yeah. and it but, but it's you know it's part of my life and make, making sure I could. My, my wife and I, we, we've been married actually 56 years. She, she's going to say, Did, hey, Alex said 50. <laughs> so, <laughs> 56, I apologize. Tell your wife I apologize. <laughs> but let me just say this, which is that with your legendary image, Captain America, all this stuff, with your legendary image as a sports figure and, a, and just a solid citizen, everybody just, I'm sure, it was, I, I saw this on the show, they were all hectoring you about going into politics and running for office, and you said that that, that didn't interest, interest you. Were you ever tempted? No, I mean, I, you know, I really, uh, when I started working in the off-season, I was committed to working in the real estate, and then I started my own company, and and uh, I said, well, you know, what can I, if I run for politics, what am I going to do? Uh, walk away from my company? And uh, so I, I had a game plan that was outside of politics, and that was to participate in the business world. Well, listen, I want to say to you, and I, I really mean this, I mean, sports occupy a place in people's lives which enters their lives in a very unique way, as you know. I mean, even though movies became very important to me and loving movies. But before that... You ask somebody, I didn't want to be Humphrey Bogart. I didn't want to be Cary Grant. I wanted to be Namath. I wanted to be uh, uh, Jimmy Brown. I wanted to be, uh, you know, Unitas. And I wanted to be you. And you know that the way that sports get into your blood and get into your, in terms of the excitement, watching a great NFL game, even with a team that's not a great team, you know, any given Sunday, you know, they can rise up and they, they can beat that other guy. All these NFL teams, there's some parity there. Some have the upper hand. And watching you over these years and watching your career from when I was very young, you really are one of, you're, you're probably one of the three or four greatest sports figures in history. I mean, you really are such an inspiration to people, how you lived your life. You know, the Catholic boy from Cincinnati who goes on to marry, married to the same woman, five kids, Naval Academy, Heisman, two Super Bowls, the whole, the company, the whole shebang. You've had such a great great life. I, I hope you're as content as people imagine you would be with what you've done with your life. <laughs> well, I thank you, Alec. It's, uh, I've been fortunate with uh, the people in my life and uh, still feel that way. i got a lot, of, a lot of great friends and you're sure appreciative of uh, just being around. Dallas Cowboys quarterback, Roger Staubach. We're produced by Kathleen Russo, Kerry Donahue, and Zach McNeese. Our engineer is Frank Imperial. I'm Alec Baldwin. Here's The Thing is brought to you by iHeartRadio.
Hey guys, you know what this playground could use? A wine country, huh? A redwood forest would be cool. Ski slopes! Wait! Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com. Are you looking for the perfect move-in ready home this spring season? Now's the time to buy at Fisher Homes. For a limited time only, enjoy below market interest rates starting at 5.375% APR, 6.139% APR. With these exclusive lower rates, you can save hundreds on a move-in ready home and start enjoying the benefits of home ownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with one of our new home specialists at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Financing provided by Victory Mortgage, LLC, NMLS 461249, Equal Housing Lender. With every CBD product claiming to do something different, it's nearly impossible to decide what's best for you. Lazarus Naturals pioneered the farm-to-front-door model of transparency where they handle each step of the production process to ensure quality, potency, and consistency. Scannable labels allow you to see the test results of your hemp batch so you can be confident in the safety and quality. Visit LazarusNaturals.com today. Lazarus Naturals, committed to improving your life as well as the world around you. Not available in Idaho, Iowa, or South Dakota.